Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome to the garage guys NASCAR podcast. I'm Chase Holden is Dale Tanhart on the other end of the, the computer screen interweb. Hey, Dale. Hey. Man, it's been a day. We've been on the road, guys. We have been on the road. We've been back home. I still felt like I was in Atlanta. We just got done with the Ambetter 400 in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, kind of just a, a completely wild NASCAR weekend, I would say. Uh, definitely in, in Atlanta for the books, or maybe not for the books, but one to remember for sure I, I would say that would you say the same yeah definitely it was a lot of pace laps a lot of pace laps on saturday shout out josh williams obviously huge storyline with josh williams doing what he did kind of getting fucked over by nascar and then sending the message right back to him i think it's an appropriate start that's probably my favorite storyline of the weekend is uh denny hamlin said he would pay his fine for getting out Park of the car on the front stretch and taking off peace signs and everything. So that was sick. And then Sunday, the Taylor Swift heart symbol. Yeah. Oh, that was great, man. Look, hey, mullets and power, dude. I, I I've always kind of over the past year, I've kind of complained about all the drivers that did have mullets, you know, in the fad uh, kind of way. And then they, they've gotten rid of them, you know, not dedicated to the game. Shame. Josh Williams has been there with me the whole way, dude. They think Josh Williams Josh, has been dude. there. People thought Dale was Josh Williams. Oh yeah, on Sunday, people and some were be so, most were probably joking, but there were some people that weren't that were like casuals. Oh yeah, like more casual fans, or that were like, "Wait a second, is that you, the guy? Are you a driver? Always. Yeah, is that is that Josh? Yeah, yeah. Sunday for sure. Sunday for sure." Yeah, so and that's okay. That's a compliment. I love Josh Williams. Uh, he is he is a buddy of the Garage Fam, and it was cool to see all the support he got for that awesome move he pulled on Saturday. But you know, we talked about a lot of pace laps. We got to fix that. A lot Great. of pace laps, Xfinity and trucks, and then Sunday was half boring, half eventful, and can't believe what I can't believe overall. Like just talking about the racing. In Xfinity and Cup, everybody held it together for the last, like, 30, 40 laps of each race. I think Cup had, like, a, shit, maybe a 50-lap run to end that race. I mean, yeah. that was shocking. That was shocking, and congrats to motherfucking Joey Logano. I thought you were about to say Jay motherfucking White for a minute. Jay motherfucking White. Yeah, I can't wait to see him back. Shout out to that guy. But, yeah, no, I think that it was one of those issues where, especially from Saturday night with the parade, that they had like I, I compared them like for Louisiana people a lot of Louisiana people understood the meme that I had tweeted out but basically there were so many pace laps that it was just a NASCAR parade um and I think that the cup guys were probably like hey you know we should probably avoid that they only had a, a couple of wrecks on Sunday and so a lot of those guys were uh were really on their game you know they were they were on on the ball and then Joey Logano you know doing Joey Logano things at the end of races and you know Penske was powerful this weekend they were powerful on qualifying um they they traveled in packs they're like you know the the big bad wolf but like there's three of them and uh and they worked together and you you had a successful betting sunday i would say i think we all did we all had some success we i finished positive i think you finished positive you you were a little upset because of brad not winning and i understand but but still a positive weekend another positive weekend for garage guys in the in the betting industry shout out to Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy, P4, everybody. Top Chevy. Top Chevy at like 30 to 1. 
30 to one. You could have got, got 25 or 30 to one, I think. Pro- and probably better earlier in the week when he was trending around 70 to one to win the race. Some books he closed at like 50 to one, 40 to one to win. So you probably could have got top Chevy closer to 50, maybe closer to 50, 45 to one earlier in the week, but still a hell of a bet. If there's and anybody I, out there, I want to know if, if, if there's anyone out there that bet on Corey LaJoy top Chevy, please show us the slips. We want to see that fucking slip. That is like, that probably could be a bet of the year. I would say. Yeah. And I, I said it on Dale center. Cause I know you bet on him to, to win. You said, no, I, I know, I know, but we I, we both bet on him to win. Yes. And the argument is a lot of people and people in the Discord included were saying that, ah, oh, it's a fluke. Like, I'm not on Corey. Like, no, nah, I mean, I said it on Dale Center, like, one time, that's fine. You can say it's a fluke. But when you go back and almost win the second time, it's not a fluke anymore. So, you know, P4, he was there at the end. Big shout out. Hell of a run. And, yeah, congrats to everybody that had winning bets overall i uh, i know like i did have a winning day i had a winning weekend yeah let's talk about the, trucks. The, the brad k dude the brad k thing is just the worst fucking beat of all time dude it's ha- it's it's just brutal i mean it's, it's for for me it's up there with eric jones at talladega because man like if you get beat just don't get beat by a ford and we still have a a a, a, a pretty big day and then, of course, if he just holds everybody off, like, you know, we we have a just ungodly massive day. Is he I probably would have been able to. I probably would have just paid for the damages of your car. Yeah, the money I would have won. Yeah, damn. Yeah, the the guy that the guy that ran into the back, he would probably thank you for that. But he can blame Brad K now. So we'll put all the the blame on mm. Brad K. Uh, so like tough. Called him porta potties as well. Saw that online. Danny Hamlin ro- rolled in on him. He doesn't lock doors. Not a big lock doors guy. Yeah, I don't understand that, dude. That I knew. I, so I knew where that video was going as soon as I saw like him go, go in there and not lock the door because I saw the caption was just the captions were always something funny or in all caps. And when Brad walked in there and left it unlocked, I was like, I know what's gonna happen. Someone's gonna walk in there. And see him taking a shit. How hard is it to lock a porta potty door when you walk in? I can't. It blows my mind. I mean, for me, I feel like sometimes, like if I'm going to take a piss and I'm like in a hurry, like yeah, I won't lock the door because like I ain't tripping if somebody opens the door and like you know, I'm trying to take a piss. Now like, that's not a big deal, but I didn't know. I don't know if he was taking. I, I didn't know he was taking a shit. I didn't know. Well, I mean, in the video, they like the video I saw on Twitter. They fast forwarded it. They fast forwarded it a lot. Oh shit! So I'm thinking he was. Yeah, I think I'm thinking he had to. He had to go. He had to go. Go. Felt like if you had to piss, you would just go in the car. You know, like that's not a big deal to go in the fire suit. But you're gonna run to the porta potty like that. That's telling me. Yeah, that's telling me he had to go. He had to take a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Reddick wasn't feeling too good either, and he, dude, he carved it out, dude. He didn't. Yeah. Bad man. Shout out to the Red Dog. Yeah, he had a good run. I didn't expect that. Toyota was, you know, Toyota was formed up at the end of that race, surprisingly. Like, with behind Brad Kay and behind Joey and Blaney and, and Corey, Toyota had a line there. Christopher Bell was there and had help because I think Reddick was behind him and then Denny was behind him. So they they almost had a shot at it. But, yeah, he toughed it out. No John Hunter Nemechek needed. Um, but, I, you know, Brad Kay driving an orange car, you know, very very reminiscent of Tony Stewart with the poop <laughs> pants. And Tony Stewart was reminiscent at the super speedways, well, at the Daytona 500, giving up the lead on the last lap or late in the race. And that's what fucking Brad K did and broke my heart. That's what taking God, a- man. He had to do to do. When you got a doo doo, then bets be boo boo. That's what's going to happen. So, it, uh, driver that's got to go, man, you, you, you cash out. Cash out quick if you can. Let's just let's just talk about trucks. You were gonna talk about trucks before. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. You had a happen. great day. Let's not. So we were. I gave you shit on Sunday because I was just like we were like fucking with you about like being greedy, like finishing. You had the stage beds that hit. We were just like fucking. With it's you. a difference in like. Uh, all right, so it's a difference in like a four hundred dollar day and like a twenty nine hundred dollar day. Honestly, like that was the difference, dude. That is, I mean, that's massive. It hurt. It's heartbreaking. 
I, I mean, look, I've been there. We, I, I feel like a lot of us have been there, and and we're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're probably gonna be there again, and that's the beauty. That's why we do what we do. That's why we love it. This the swings. It's it's these emotions, just like with you and Truex and the prison. It just you love it. You love every second of it. Hey, you know one thing I did say, going back to Dale Center where we talked when you were on, I said look. There's going to be a way we're going to talk about Austin Cindric this weekend. Could it be a start of redemption? Maybe. Chances are low. But Austin Cindric winning stage two at 25 to one, probably the most underrated hit of the weekend. 25 to one, stage two. I mean, and makes a last turn move three wide on the outside, beats Logano and Tyler Reddick to the line by like a nutsack hair. That was pretty clutch, and that yeah. helped me still have a good day. So I got to give my props to Austin Cendrick because unlike Martin Truex, who sits in a similar spot on the hate on the hate train, at least Austin Cendrick came through and won me something, right? And, and at, at a great, great value, great, great value. So shout out to Cendrick for that. And Is he I will. No, nah, he's still dead to Dale. Nah, Truex is Truex is in prison. No, no paroles here. But um I, I will give a shout out to Logano for winning stage one. That's fine. Whatever. That was like that right there was a seven hundred dollar play outside of like the other guys I bet. So I gotta give Joey a little bit of credit for that. But man, if we if we would that would have been the first time if Brad K would have won. First time I would have ever had a card where I swept both stages and the win. Which is uh, which would be really, which would would have been sick. But yeah. look, you're right; it's a profitable weekend. We still got to talk about trucks. Yeah, trucks was good to, to you. So good celebration, Truck Day in the USA, uh, as we call it now. Wake up with trucks. Wake up with truck. Yeah, but okay. Truck Day in the USA is yeah, that's good too. It just kind of right. You remember that R O C K T R U K? Just lose this, drop the C. The C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not bad. It, it's it actually fits pretty well. I like it. it fits pretty well. You had a good day, and and I think the thing that we need to talk about here, I think what is most committed, not only the Bailey Curry play, which was obviously with Nice Trucks, like Nice Motorsports, it's like that was, again, you showing your your truck godness in two form, you know, about our true form, uh, you know, where you know that the equipment is good and that this driver is capable, and the books just were like, uh-uh. They just threw the hand up, and you were like, uh-uh-uh. And you got him, and that was a huge one. That was the giant hit. But the, I think that the 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 underlying thing here that I want to bring up is the of the reasoning why you bet on Christian Eckes to win this race when you're talking about his odds. Oh man, I, that is so crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I wonder who all listens to this that are, are and, and there may be some first time listeners. Hopefully there are, but I wonder who all will listen to this that heard me at the track that morning like everybody that came out and talked to me it was like hey who are we betting on and i would tell my card and i was like man the last guy i added on my card who i didn't have on dale center uh in any of my picks yet but the last guy i added on my card was christian eckes that saturday morning and i kept telling people that and i was like i don't understand why eckes is who hasn't really had like a much super speedway success. I know he's been knocking on the door, been knocking on the door for a while to get a win, but not a lot of success in this type of racing. Why he is, he was a co-favorite. He was eight to one opening every, every book, like ahead of Ben Rhodes, ahead of Grant Enfinger, guys that have won at Daytona, that have won at Talladega. And it bothered me all weekend. I kept thinking about it. I was like, why? Why is a guy like this in a co-favorite position? And it made me just have this weird feeling on Saturday. And I was like, I'm, I'm fucking betting on him. I'm betting on him. And I, 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 yeah, yeah, it was. And I put them, I put the same amount of money I put on Ben Rhodes and Grant Enfinger, who at the time were my top plays to win. I was like, I'm adding next to it. Eight to one. Um, yeah. And, and he, he ended up, just driving through the field after a pit road speeding penalty was super aggressive and made a a last lap pass. Crazy how that works out. I mean, I told so many people I have the weirdest feeling about Christian Eckes, the weirdest juju gut feeling about Eckes. I can't not bet on him. And then he won it. 
I love it. Wild. Those are the best plays right there. But yeah, I remember sitting in the back of a, we were in the back of a car, like just kind of chilling, doing some stuff. You made a banger of a, of a truck card too with the Outcast. Loved it. And yeah, yeah man, it, it was sick. So, and that, that's just, you know, that was the, the first big betting day of the weekend for everybody that, that rode Dale's truck card. And, but there was so much other amazing stuff that, that went down this weekend. So obviously we started the weekend off uh, getting into a car accident. Like Dale had mentioned earlier, the uh, the back bumper of the car, we're, everything's good. We're getting it taken care of, and we're good. That's what matters. Um, yeah, thanks to everybody who checked in. We appreciate your support. But, yeah, we're, we're all good. I, I kept telling people the rear end looked a lot like when Chase Elliott got wrecked by Harvick at the Roval in 2021. Go back and look at that, where the back end was completely just squished. <laughs> and they've had it all fucking taped up and got it back out there. That that was us. That's what we need. We need bear bond, dude. We need to we need <laughs> to scoop up some bear bond the next race so we can. Yeah, for sure. In case anybody wants the hydroplane into the back of the car again. Um, but from there, we're like we can't turn around. We have things to do. Uh, new garage talk is out with William Byron. Uh, so go check that out. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts here, Spotify, and over on YouTube is the preferred place because. We literally gave him these gas station mixtapes of Atlanta rappers and just some random stuff, and he had no clue. It, it was great. Uh, so we educated Willie B on the uh, on the trap tapes in Atlanta. Had a great conversation with him, and that was really where the the energy kind of started, you know, going for the weekend. It, we 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 kind of went back to the the old days of the tailgating we we watched the race from the infield we ate crawfish on on uh what was that saturday yeah got to eat crawfish which was huge the shit was spicy as hell too and i rubbed the powder in my eyes on accident in the car and then the parade um <laughs> after that it was just uh it, it was such a blur of a weekend but so fun at the same time we got to see a lot of great people that we know and then on Sunday, we just we went all over the place. We got to eat some scallops. Uh, had some fans up in the uh, the top deck area. Got to see that view from the backstretch of Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is epic. If you haven't seen that view, find a way to see that view. It is incredible. Um, watched the the wreck with Harvick and Chastain happen, like right there, like Busher's car. Like it just what a day, what a time. Shout out to Brian, uh, Mike. They know who they are, the boys and everyone else that we just got to to kick it with, man. It was – do you feel me, though, when I say, like, because of how cold it was and how wind chat, like, it was just one of those numb fly-by weekends that were also kind of badass at the same time. It's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, we were – it was – we were all over the place. Like, usually we're very busy, and that obviously didn't change, but – the the amount of movement that we did throughout the weekend was ridiculous, especially on Saturday and Sunday. Well, yeah, the, the two days of the races. Uh, we didn't even get there till Friday night, like midnight because of the wreck. But uh, yeah, basically from Saturday night all the way through Sunday, all day Sunday, it was pretty crazy. And yeah, shout out to everybody that helped us have a super, super, super fun time uh, throughout the weekend, and especially on Sunday uh you know xfinity talked about that it was the xfinity parade on saturday night yeah and another heartbreaker of a bet first of all i didn't have parker kligerman but if you did have parker kligerman i'm i'm sorry that sucks that's how i felt with brad k you know i'm sure parker was priced you know similarly around 20 20 to 1 25 to 1 but that race was crazy at the end austin hill is a super speedway god and continues to be. I don't feel bad that I didn't bet on him because I'm 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 all, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with that. With, His odds are like plus three fifty, like uh, four fifty, four hundred. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with that notion. I'm going to stick with the notion of like I won't play somebody like that at this type of racing. And, and if they win, it's like I can live with that. You know, I can't live with Brad K losing a race like that. I can't. But I can live with Austin Hill winning at four and a half to one at a crazy ass race. Like if we see four and a half to one, five to one at Dega, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it because it's just, it, 
it can end so quickly. This race could be over like that. And um, but shout out to everybody that did bet and that stuck with it. There are people that are like, I don't care what his price is. Like Tony, Garage Guy Tony's like this. I don't give a shit what his price is. I'm betting on Austin Hill because I decided a long time ago when when I found out he was good, you get him at a super speedway, you take him. But Look, I mean, it really reinforced the notion that, like, you know, for the people that did stick with him and bet on him, like, he is definitely that guy that would throw people into dumpsters. So you want to make sure that, you know, you've got that guy when you're going to be betting that short of odds. He is that guy. Like, he proved that. Like, he is the he's the ultimate um, new ex we'll call him the extimidator because in the Xfinity series he oh, I like that. has that vibe the ex- the extimidator yeah extimidator he definitely looks like if he wasn't a race car driver he'd be like an exterminator like he would probably be that guy i bet um, he wears overalls and like walks mm-hmm. around with a hatchet pulls you know? carrots out of the ground for fun throws yeah them. yeah cuts a lot of shit up with blades and stuff yeah Big cornfield guy. Yeah. Just on a farm. Just on a farm. Just on a farm, dude. Shout out Austin Hill. Big farm. <laughs> Ex-farminator. That's it. And I, the, what I wanted to get to, talking about more betting-related shit, Brett Moffat top five has been a system play since, like, the beginning of – well, outside of Daytona, it's been a, it's been a play every single week. It's not going to be a play this weekend, and not at Coda, not at a road course. But Moffitt – who was running third coming out of turn three or turn four gives up a top five finish on the last on the fucking straightaway. Another heartbreaker. It's such a low T such a low T moment for Brett Moffitt. Like that car definitely had low T in that, in that area of time. That sucks, dude. That's the worst, bro. Like that was, but you know what? It is dude. Like I, it's super speedway racing. Yeah, crazy. that race, like who like what would have been the odds on someone parking their their car on the start finish line? I wish I could have bet on that. We should be able to bet on that every week now. Just because. Some yeah. book, some random ridiculous book should offer that. Bovada. Two hundred two hundred to one, maybe. Get a lot 300 of three hundred to one. Something something borderline on the impossible range. Yeah, it would be it would be nuts. But I, I think what we're really trying to say here is that like while Atlanta weekend was fun. The racing could have been way more exciting. I'll say that. Like, it, there could have been a little more excitement, I feel like, because I didn't. The most hype I got this weekend was definitely just from like hanging and chilling and in the truck race for sure. Like, that was, that was where the big hype was. And I guess if I had to give like three big takeaways, three big takeaways, and I don't know if a, if a particular order matters here or if I have a, I don't really have like a particular order when I when I say these three things, but I'm just gonna say what's what's coming to mind first as it comes. But first thing, the truck series. Why, 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 why are we spending all these caution? Like when we have a one car wreck or a two car incident where guys hit the wall and bounce off and keep going, why are we running eight to ten motherfucking caution laps? It is absurd. It is ridiculous. It, it there is there is no sense behind it. Like we literally watched, and we're in the pits. We're in the pits. We watched two cars bounce off the wall on turn three. Keep going. We throw the caution, and we sat on, under yellow while no trucks. They the trucks, the safety trucks had already gone through turn three, already gone through that spot, picked up debris. And moved on. We watched like four to six caution laps where there's no safety trucks in that area picking up debris. And we're just just hopelessly floating under yellow. Had why are we fucking crying, dude? My legs were fucking crying. It was why, crying. Why, I, I, I just don't care. Like, I, why are we spending all this time under caution for single car spins and, and slight wall contact? That shouldn't have even been a caution to begin with. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I don't understand where it comes from. I want someone to uh, to make me understand why it's happening because I know people watching on TV are thinking the same thing. And when I'm at the track and I see no safety truck at the spot where the caution happened and there's four laps going by of us just 
roaming under yellow, it's crazy. I had to vent about it because it really pissed me off watching half that race go under caution when it, the cleanups were nothing, basically. Have we I mean, seen absolutely that nothing. anywhere? Ha- have we seen that at any other tracks, really? Like, because I do feel like they were way longer than they need to be. Is that just an Atlanta thing, or, or am I? Am no, I-, I don't know. No, I, I feel like there's been a lot of races where we've seen that, um, where we've seen that kind of deal happen. But this one, it's it's different because I feel like a lot of the races I was watching on TV, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Why why are we roaming under yellow? But being there in person and seeing that happen, where there's clearly not a safety truck picking up debris at the spot of caution. And we still spend four to five laps under under yellow. Crazy. Absurd. Uh, it just gave me a different vantage point and made me more frustrated about it. And I want people to, under, to understand that. And, and I'm also willing to understand if someone would be more direct with us, be more direct with the fans on why we're experiencing that. Because people will turn off the TV in a truck race. They will say, forget this. And they'll watch basketball or they'll watch baseball. That's what happens. That's a, that's a great way to lose TV viewers in middle, late portion of a race when we're just hopelessly running under yellow and God, nobody knows why. So I think that's one point. it's that's like, one takeaway. There, there are definitely some cautions that would happen where I could see like a normal eight to ten laps where where that would be needed, but not just for like a spin or something like that. Yeah, and like and if, you, if you're good here is like it was literally like a uniformed approach to how many caution laps there were to every caution that happened regardless of like what kind of debris or or damage happened if you're gonna run eight to ten laps under yellow why would you not just red flag it that's what makes no sense to me you're just running so much of your race at 60 miles per hour hurry it up like okay yeah uh second big takeaway i know that i knew that was going to be a long one second big takeaway is the the style of racing is not going to save Atlanta, guys. It's not. It's it's pretty embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people are like, you know, it, it, as the Gen Six car developed, Atlanta wasn't as great as it was in the uh, mid early mid two thousands, especially. But as the Gen Six developed and the track got even more abrasive, guy, it, it wasn't the the quality of racing definitely diminished. But turning, it's Atlanta's going to be a prime example, hopefully, to places like Texas and other other tracks that might be struggling with attendance and everything else. Turning your track into a mini super speedway is just not a good idea. It's not a good idea. It will fizzle out. You're going to make Daytona and Talladega way less cool over time because you're normalizing super speedway racing. It's a bad idea. And I'm so happy Justin Allgaier said what he said in his post-race interview that I feel embarrassed for our sport right now uh, was the main quote that I saw. Just upset of what what the track's become. I'm right there with him because it'll be a short-term fad. It'll be a short-term solution, uh, providing a little bit of excitement, a little bit of juice, and it will fizzle out. People will get tired of extra super speedway racing. No question about it. So, you know, we talk about, like you said earlier, Chase, like the racing itself was just kind of, you know, whatever, like the whole weekend, the experience was, was way better. Just being there, the atmosphere, the people we were around the events, like that's what made it more fun than the actual on track product. Well, I'll say this much about it. Like for me, it's that where you're coming from on the end of like what Allgaier said, at some point, the drivers, and I think we saw a small taste of it, like it was just a ton of single file for, for a while, you know, and then like we got to, you know, two by two, and that's really how it stayed. Uh, we didn't really see any tire issues, which was a good thing. The only issue we saw with the tire was Eric Amarola, but that's because he didn't pit. Um, well, still, I mean, nah, it still shouldn't have happened. It was bizarre. I'm happy it was only one, but like guys should be able to run. 90% of the race on the same set of tires because well, the, the surface is so clean. Like, unless we got a report on like what, you know, what, what air pressure level he was running. I, I know that that, that seems to be the big thing, right? It's like, it's all about your tire pressure. And that's, but I'm sure all the teams were in the same ballpark though. Like they were all in the same ballpark last year and they were all blowing tires. He's the only car that blew a tire in the cup race. So I know that much. Right. 
obviously that had to be something to do with that. And he may have run over something. He could have run over something and punctured a tire. He could have. He could have run over the soul of old Atlanta that's crying underneath. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just, I think that what will happen is like you're saying, it's definitely going to fizzle out. It was not as exciting as it was last year. And these drivers may just make this like a meme track for themselves where they just like run very cordially the entire time and make a very boring show out of it. Yeah. That'd be bad. I could see it. And the the third takeaway was kind of on the flip side and kind of like similar to what, or piggybacking off of what Brad Kay said in his post-race interview was like, they did prove not just in cup, but in Xfinity too, even though in Xfinity, it took a while, but they did prove they could run this without crashing repeatedly, like specifically in the cup series race. Um, But Xfinity and cup finished their, you know, the last 40, 50 laps in their respective races uh, going green. Or, you know what? Xfinity did have one caution for a wreck in the back. Just kidding. I forgot about that. Parker Red Slap, I remember Crash. But in the Cup Series, yeah, like you said, it was single file. It was like a traditional super speedway race, right? Like, and people aren't going to care if it's Daytona or Talladega because they're used to that. Like, you're going to see some excitement. And then at Daytona and Talladega, everybody will start running the junior line. They'll start all single file up by the wall, you know, for half the race, maybe three quarters of the race, just to survive and make it to the end. Atlanta is going to be the exact same way, except it won't be embraced as much because the track has gone to this. They they went through this repave and forced this to happen. I do force it to happen. And it's just not going to be as exciting as what you'll see at Daytona and Talladega when everybody wants this car. Everybody wants a mile and a half. Everybody wants a mile and a half or a short track where this car is supposed to be good at. Adding more super speedway style racing is just not going to be good for our sport. And There's I'll only say one it thing a billion that can times. Fix it. I mean, I, and I hear your point there. I, and I do feel like there is a thing that can fix it. The one thing is the element, the event itself, right? When you think about Daytona and Talladega, it's not just about the racing, it's about what you have to offer. The Daytona 500, the summer race in Daytona, the night race, there's a prestige to that. You also have the city of Daytona Beach, okay? There's an entire list of things that you can do, you know, with your friends outside of racing. So when the race is over, you can go out downtown, you can go to the beach, you can experience the atmosphere. Talladega has that as well, but in a different way. It's more kind of like this shantytown, this pop-up shantytown of just like wild partying and the campers, and you don't have to have a whole lot going on around there. Atlanta literally is very dry and pasty in that area. They have so much land that they could do stuff with around there. And I know that they've probably looked into it. I'm not saying that they're, they, they can't be that dumb and they're not. They've definitely probably looked into the areas around to, to figure out what they can build or what they can add around there. And, and they, they had things that they talked about doing, like with the peach pit, they talked about possibly building a casino and and word on the street is that that might not be going down. So all I know is that if Atlanta wants to make this that super speedway type track, they're missing that core element of having the environment and the event attached to it that can separate the two lines and really make it a good weekend for fans. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. Like if the racing is going to be that way, like you got to do more, you got to do more and, and making it a, a more fun event all around is, is the best way you can combat the boringness of the racing and the bad opinion. The, the, I think it's a pretty massively one-sided bad opinion about what it's become too. So, yep. I think, um, I think they got work to do, no doubt. But I will say on the flip side, one good thing. There were a lot of people there on Sunday. I was surprised. There was no one on Saturday. But there were a lot of people in the stands, more than I expected. Definitely more than I expected uh, when it comes to turnout on Sunday. So I, w- I was happy about that. I was happy about that. But Yeah, you got to the fans on. We both did. You got to meet up with, uh, with our guy Buddy. Buddy Polly, Safari Boy. I got to meet up with him a little bit. I did get to experience a little bit of the fan zone area. They had the Moby Dick there. 
They had that one ride. That's a solid. That. Ride. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. On the yeah, I went. I uh, I got that random TV time, which was cool. Did not know it was a Fox camera, but show the Hooters yeah. on your leg, man. It pissed me off. I know. I want. I try to get them to. I try to get them to. And they're oh. like, yeah, yeah, we'll show it. No, 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 they did. You're like, they just showed me. Yeah, like everybody's like, what is he pointing at? What is he showing us? What is I he know. Showing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay. It's all good. But, but yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta needs an identity, man. Like, if, if they can. What is their identity going to be from now on? Because it used to be like when you knew Atlanta was coming up as a kid, I remember it was always the fourth race on the schedule. And I was always like, hell yeah. Cause we just left. Uh, you have the Daytona 500. Then you have Fontana, which was pretty boring most of the time. Then you had Vegas also not the most exciting race. And then you come to Atlanta and you're like, fuck yeah, dude, Atlanta, amazing finishes it was always well known for being the best finishing mile and a half racetrack championship and, track. yeah and it was it was a title track up until late 90s late 90s early 2000s but i'm talking about when i was a kid the great finishes were just that that's all i thought about and you knew there was a good chance you were going to see it again of course over time like we said with the gen six it kind of uh you know it kind of fell fell to the wayside and then they've gone this route with the mini super speedway. Got to find a new identity going forward. But it's the goal. I will be positive. I'll be positive because most of the time we are. It was a fun motherfucking weekend and we did have a profitable weekend. If you were a better and you did not lose, you won because these are the toughest weekends to win when you have super speedway style racing. We're pretty good on super speedway so far this year. So we, 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 we bagged Daytona. If everybody rode the Stenhouse bet. Um, and then we got, a, you know, the top tens and a couple, couple here and there shook them out stage bets, whatnot, maybe didn't get the outright, but that's cause we didn't want to bet on Joey Logano and you shouldn't feel bad about that. So, uh, one track that does have a pretty good fan experience and, and has really developed an identity is the, the track that we're going to this week, which is circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, the echo park automotive grand prix is coming back to town. You're going to be there in town uh, this weekend, and uh, we'll be doing a playback stream this weekend as well while Dale is there in Coda. But we've got some odds that have dropped. Uh, the odds are out for outrights. There will be more odds to drop throughout the week. And uh, Dale and I have taken some time to go through these books and, and see what our early leans and, and maybe a bet or two that, that we've already uh, pulled the trigger on. And Dale, I'm going to go ahead and let you kick off uh, what you found so far, and and some of these uh, opening storylines of of the the weekend with you know Chris Busher where he opened. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Harvick. Um, what are your thoughts on Busher opening at uh, fifty to one and already being hammered down? Yeah, just attributed to partially the Garage Guys Discord because I I looked up and everybody was talking. I mean, numerous amounts of people talking about early lines and everybody started hammering Chris Busher, I suppose, because yeah, he was 50 to one opening on Caesars and is now 25 to one or 30 to one in every other book. And that's a good bet, man. If you could get 50 to one or 40 to one for Chris Busher, I like that a lot because he was very good at this, at the road courses last year, almost won Sonoma. If he had beaten Daniel Suarez on that restart with 20 to go, probably would have won Sonoma and was really good at, at at Road America and a few of the other tracks as well. So 25 to one, I'm not sure about 30 to one. I'm not sure about, but guys that I like specifically, I guess things that have jumped out to me, which I've, I told Chase when we were talking before we started recording this for the most part on outrights, this is going to be a wait and see weekend. This is going to be a post qualifying weekend for me uh, on outrights. like Atlanta, totally different because you know, you, you can make a better guess on who's going to be fast and similar guys typically are at the front at the end of these super speedway races, regardless of where they qualify. So totally different kind of weekend. I think practice and qualifying will give us good indications on who is going to be a front runner. Track position is going to be very important. Remember big, big deal, big change on the road courses, no stage breaks. So when stage one ends and everybody gets their points, we do not go under caution. We continue the race. That's a big deal when it comes to how guys 
get track position. Now you're not going to be able to leapfrog everybody if you make an early pit stop before the stage ends, which is good. It it it, it exhibits the natural flow of racing. And I'm very, very happy they made that change. So track position from qualifying is going to be more important than ever, way more important than 2022. Uh, but but the guys I, I, I like off the bat, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you the, the one guy I am for sure betting as an outright is Kyle Busch. At plus eight fifty on Barcelona Sportsbook, I think that's the best line you're going to get. DraftKings, he's eight to one. Caesars, seven to one. Fanduel also looking at eight to one. I'm going to be on Kyle Busch for sure. That eight car was so damn fast at every single road course race last year. We've already seen Kyle win once this year at Fontana. The car clearly still has speed, and I just like I like the idea of Kyle Busch running in the truck race. Probably going to win that, getting more extra track time, and being in a race car that was amazing here last year and RCR tested here earlier this year with all their RCR drivers. So I really like Kyle Busch this weekend. I don't think you're going to see 8.5 to 1 at any other point unless he fucks up in qualifying, and I think he's going to be a candidate to win the poll as well. I, love, so. I, I do love that bet. Uh, and like you said, with RCR being here earlier on, I think that's going to be strong. And that's why I'm going on the other side of that. Austin Dillon is 80 to one. This is a guy that, that had a top 10 finish at this track. And, you know, for me, that that's enough to want to pull the trigger on 80 to one, just to put a little sprinkle down on him. Um, if, if he can continue to improve, you know, maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't, but I feel like at those odds, it's definitely worth a shot for a guy that I don't think we would have expected to be as good on road courses in this next gen era or not maybe all road courses, but Coda, uh, specifically, I, I, I never expected to see a top 10 out of Austin Dillon. So I had to go ahead and run that one down. So I guess it's a, uh, that's the first dual RCRs for the, uh, for, for the, for the early bets at Coda. Yeah. And then I'm looking at Austin Cindric and Chase Briscoe. Like I said, shout out Austin Cindric helping me out with the stage win. Uh, Chase Briscoe's had a rough start to the season, and he's a good road course racer, man. He is a good road course racer, and it seems like everybody forgets about Chase Briscoe and how good he was in the Xfinity series at the road courses, not just ovals. And he's been in the hunt before at these at these racetracks. He had several good runs last year, was in the running to win this thing. And the and the waning laps last year before he uh kind of ran off track and one of the late race restarts while battling for the lead with Tyler Reddick and it, it ruined his day. But Chase Briscoe, he is a wheelman. He is a good road course racer. I think twenty-five to one for Chase Briscoe on DraftKings is not a bad bet if you want to look for some early value. That's still there because a lot of guys have hammered quite a few bets down from where they opened. And um, Austin Cindric is, an, is an, a, an example of that. He was at 25 to one on Caesars or 22 to one. Can't remember if, what line it actually was, but real quickly. Now you're seeing him at 15 to one or 16 to one, which I hate. I really wanted to see if I could get in on 20 to one with him, but that's really what sticks out to me. I think AJ Allmendinger at 12 to 1 is not that bad of a price. Not that bad, but I think I'm going to wait on qualifying for AJ, but it's going to be 50-50. I could get it in early. I'm very undecided there. What I'm going to lean towards is when matchups drop. I think road courses are a good opportunity to find matchups. Uh, a lot of value in matchups, not just in Cup, but in Xfinity and Trucks as well, because you have so many guys dipping in from other series or guys that don't race the full-time schedule who are just road ringers. Uh, you can kind of make a good guess on what equipment's going to be like for some of these guys versus people they're matched up against. So I like road course matchups a lot, especially in the lower tier series. So that's definitely what my focus is going to be midweek. And then once we get track time, practice and qualifying, I think we're going to see a much better indicator of, true speed and who's going to be a contender for Sunday's race. Yeah. Shout out to some of those guys you're talking about these road course ringers. I know Jordan Taylor is going to be running. Uh, in oh, it's, it's Elliott. stacked, dude. It is yeah. so stacked. He's uh, he's definitely, I mean, he's an IMSA champion. So, I mean, with Corvette, so 
there's uh there's definitely some skill there. Kimmy Rackinen is going to be back uh, doing the uh was it the Project ninety one in the ninety one car yep. with Rackhouse, and then uh, you've also got Jimmy Johnson running in this one, which everyone knows they're they're literally Coda is like marketing everything with Jimmy Johnson. It's like a Jimmy Johnson jizz fest all over those promos. Um, and then there's also uh Josh Jensen. Jensen Button. Jensen Button, man. Jensen. Formula I don't, I don't even see odds. Jensen Button. Like, there's not. I don't even know if they laid odds down on him. He's there. He's a hundred to one oh, or eighty okay. to one on a lot of yeah. books. But Andrew. he's in a Stewart. He's in a Stuart Haas affiliate with Rick Ware Racing, so he's gonna have a decent car. And don't forget Connor Daly. Connor Daly. Yep. yep. Can't forget Connor Daly. It is a stacked, globally renowned field this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little jealous uh that you're gonna be there, but you know what? I, I got I got daddy boy things to deal with. We got my my son's birthday parties this weekend. Don't want to miss that. So I'm uh I'm definitely gonna be home to enjoy that with the fam. And then of course playback. So I am excited that I'll be back here in the International Chase Station to do playback this weekend. Um it, it's gonna be fun. So we'll get to sweat some bets out. Uh and I hope you guys tune into that. One one other guy before we do wrap up, um Chris Bell at 1500 on FanDuel is somebody I'm looking at uh, just based off of how he's shaken out at road courses in the past. Um, and also, too, just all the the hype that, that we've given him. Like, he's kind of graduated from being a boy to a man now. I definitely don't look at him as a boy anymore. He, he's done things he needs to do. Shout out to him for dirt. Uh, he's, dude, he's been good everywhere. Yeah. Especially in 2023. Has really started off hot getting all the finishes and all these different kinds of racetracks he is showing out for sure um harvick opened at like 3400 in illinois on points bet but his odds are dropped down i see a lot of people um that were basically looking at that and he was somebody i was looking at as well here in the beginning i still don't think it may be a bad bet at all like at 30 to 1 i might sprinkle a little something there but i like i told dale before we started recording this i think my main reasoning was was kind of like a little emotional because you're thinking about his retirement year and for some reason like coda in my mind when i think of the imagery and i think of everything going on i it it correlates with sonoma for me so i think that i talked myself out of possibly betting on harvick because i'm like maybe i'll just wait for sonoma if i want to believe that you know look old guys first of all Old guys have not been good on new road courses. Every single race at Coda and the Roval and Road America has been won by somebody under the age of 30. And guys like Harvick and Truex uh, are really good at Sonoma, pretty good at Watkins Glen, like the old school road courses. But even then, like I, I was looking through just some random data on racing reference, which is like the main thing I use to make my spreadsheets and my data. Uh, most of it comes from looking at racing reference, which is an awesome source. If you want just general stats from any race ever in the history of NASCAR, old guys just don't win on road courses in modern day NASCAR. Jeff Gordon is one of the greatest road course racers of all time. His last one at a road course was in 2006. Other than Tony Stewart winning his final race at Sonoma in 2016, which he did using pitch strategy, not from raw speed, pitch strategy is how he got the lead at Sonoma for his final win. For that, he hadn't won a race at a road course since 2009. Hmm. So you want to look at Kevin Harvick. His last win at a road course was at Sonoma in 2017. Old guys just don't win at road courses anymore. They just don't. Like if there's a if there's an old guy who has, it's Martin Truex, and his last road course win was in 2019 at Sonoma. So once this new wave of road courses has come through, old guys just don't do shit. I mean, don't do shit. I know you want to hear something more analytically sound than that, but I'm just be frank. Like you can look at any piece of data and see that older race car drivers past their primes have not done anything at these newer road courses. The one time was Denny Hamlin at the Indy road course when he got spun out by Chase Briscoe. That's the only time that was 2021. Still didn't win. 
still didn't win. Still didn't win. Still didn't win. I so. think I think what this means here that this is a broader stat uh, in all of life. Really, you know, we're on road. When old, when you get old, you just you drive slower on the road. Uh, old people drive slow on the road. Big right lane interstate people, you know. So it's just a stat worldwide. You get older, you drive slower on road. So now we're going to road courses. Old guys drive slow on road. And and you know one thing I will say, AJ Allmendinger is in the old guy range, right? It's easy real? to forget. Yeah, I mean he's in his he's he's in his forties, dude. Oh, but but he, like, he doesn't qualify for like a mythical creature. Of he is. Like, it's easy to. Right. Yes. No. He does. That's 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 one of the points. But he's a road ringer. He's a Boris said. He's a Boris said classified driver. He's he's a Boris said driving school champion. Yeah. But it's easy to forget that he's that old because like he hasn't been a staple in the Cup Series for like five or six years, right? So you know, if there is an old guy that that does win, it's AJ Allmendinger, but. You know, that's the only exception, but he comes from a road course background. So consider that. But mainly when we're talking about Kevin Harvick and Truex and uh, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, like these guys are all in that threshold. Jimmy Johnson. I know there's going to be people bet on Jimmy because they fucking love Jimmy. That's fine. But when it comes to a lot of these older guys, man, stay away. It's going to be a young guy. It's either going to be a young guy. Kyle Busch or AJ Allmendinger that wins this race. And yeah, I know that's broad as shit, but mainly kind of stirred this up because a lot of people were talking about betting on Kevin Harvick. Like, just wait till Sonoma. Sonoma's a good track for him and a good track for old guys. Hey. Every other road course that's new is not. Sounds like a sounds like a can't lose strategy to me. That's what that sounds like. So there you have it. There's a couple of early bets, leans that that we like for Coda, but but mostly waiting until we see some practice can't wait for matchups to drop it's going to be a great week uh as always hit us up you know where to find us at garage guys fs or at garage guys racing um on instagram to, uh tiktok tiktok too tiktok's been cool got some cool tick ticky talks with william byron out go check those out check us out on instagram i'm garage guy chase he is dale tan Hart, and this has been the garage guys nascar podcast let's win some money at coda